Head Bob. Um, so if you've, if you've been with us, uh, we've been doing this series together where Tilly and I are sharing uh, the message together. Uh, we've been talking about relationships, uh, pretty, pretty specifically about marriage relationships, dating relationships, um, but a lot of the content applies to, um, to any relationship. However, today's, uh, today's talk really is zeroed and almost exclusively on uh, married relationships and uh, dating relationships, uh, engagement. And so just real quick, I'm going to recap what we've been talking about through this series, and then we're going to jump right into it. Um, we call the church real life in your church, and it's going to get extremely real, extremely quickly here. So hopefully, um, fair, fair warning, hopefully uh, you won't feel too uncomfortable as we get into it. But what I have learned in life is that um, getting to the things that, that matter in life and uh, getting into the best things in life and the best opportunities in life kind of require pushing through some discomfort, some awkwardness sometimes. But anyway, um, we started the series talking about how no matter what you believe, whether you are all in on Jesus as the Son of God and I should give my life to him and do everything he says and the Bible's great, or whether you say, I don't think there is a God, chances are that if you're in a marriage relationship, you've got a one and two shot that it's going to just not end well. And that's just across the board. And so that's why I've called the series Fighting Against the Odds. And so we want better odds than that. Like, you know, I've said this every week. This would be, you know, I'll say it again. Would you get on an airplane if there was a one and two shot that the plane was going to go down? And the answer, of course, is no. But somehow in a relationship that's supposed to last the span of our adulthood, we're like, well, we'll see what happens. You know, and so we want better odds. And so we've been looking at five commitments through the series that happy and healthy couples make. And the five commitments we're going to put up here on the screen. First week, we talked about seeking God and then fight fair, have fun. This week, we're going to be talking about staying pure. And next week, we'll be talking about never, ever giving up. And so uh, from the first week, we said, hey, listen, you know, uh, God is your one. Your spouse is your two. If you're not married, God is your, you're seeking God while you wait for your number two, that God's got to be the first thing in your, in your relationship. Last week, or the, the next week, we talked about uh, fighting fair and, and how conflict can be a healthy thing. And the goal is that when we fight, we don't fight against each other. We don't fight just to win an argument, just to say, I'm right, you're wrong, na 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 boo boo. But we, we fight to get on the same page. We fight for resolution. We fight for each other. Last week, um, Tilly was conveniently ill when we had to talk about having fun in marriage. I would have picked this marriage. week if I could have picked. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about how there's three different types of fun every, every married couple should have. Uh, face-to-face fun, where we're getting to know each other, talking about our hopes and dreams, what we're feeling about life. Uh, side-to-side fun, where we're going out doing activity together, doing something fun together. And then belly button to belly button fun, which, you know, just figure it out there, okay? And so we, but, but the big takeaway was, hey, we have to be intentional about uh, having fun. And when we're intentional about it, it creates positive momentum in our relationship. You know, the, the sweet things that, that we do for each other, the when we think about each other, when we spend time carving out time and saying, yeah, let's have a date night. And I plan a date night and not, you know, until he says, we need to go on a date night. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, you know, go get something at Sheets right now. That doesn't count. Like when there's thought and intention into it, it creates positive momentum. And the opposite is also true. When you always feel like you're getting the leftovers in the relationship, when, when you're you're not prioritizing each other, it creates negative momentum. And so um, that's what we've been talking about so far. And so today's talk uh, is about stay pure. And so I'm going to ask Tilly to get us started with some prayer and uh, buckle up because it's going to be a uh, really good yet uncomfortable talk today. So yes, this is the talk I want to stay home. And have COVID this week and not (laughs) last week. Um, But as we were uh, preparing this week for this message, um, we are going to be talking about um, what we allow in our bedroom to pornography. And um, as I was preparing for it, God kind of stopped me and uh, I started listening to this podcast, and I'm like, why am I listening to this? This is like, it's hurtful, it's hard, and God, I stepped away from working on this message to clear my mind, 
but this podcast popped up. And in this, it was talking about the whole submission of women. And I don't know about you all, women, and what you've been taught growing up, what you've been taught in church, but I was kind of taught submission is always pleasing him and providing, yep, exactly what she said, (laughs) providing that sexual need for him. And that is our job and that's what we need to do. And God kind of spoke to me and no, he has never placed that on me. I want to make that clear. Um, But in this podcast, there was a woman talking about it too and how the church has gotten that submission wrong. In the Bible, it says that we submit unto each other, not women submit to your husband and do whatever he wants you to do sexually. And so um, I'm going to say all that to say, I'm going to pray that lie off of us women um, because I had to pray it off of me. because that's what I was taught, and that's not what the Bible has said. So as I open us up in prayer, I'm going to pray against that lie, and we'll go from there. Okay? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, um, please be here. Yes. This is a uh, tough subject. This is a needed subject to be talked about. Um, but God, there has been a lie placed upon women and how... You created sex to be, but not how we have seen it through your eyes. So God, I just ask all women here to be set free from any lies that has been placed upon them from the enemy on uh, submission and sexual sin. And so I ask that you break that. And God, I also ask that you speak truth to us. Because you created sex to be beautiful, and the world has made it so ugly. So God, give us a new vision for our bedrooms and for our husbands or for our future husbands. God, I just ask blessing upon everybody. God, I just ask that our hearts be open, our ears to be open to you and what you have to say. God, we love you. And just thank you for giving John and I this opportunity to share your story that you've given to us to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so real quick, uh, this will be just just so you can set your minds at ease. This will be the one and only poll participation part of today's message. But uh, raise your hand if you are currently married. Okay, keep those hands up. Now, uh, raise your hand if you have thoughts that at some point in the future you'd like to be married or you think you might get married again someday. Okay, leave them up, leave them up, leave them up. Okay. All right, so, so that, that, that's interesting. Okay, so Crap, almost, our almost girls the entire don't want to get married. We got to get them out. Uh, okay. Yeah, Trini's <laughs> giving us this little like half-hearted thing. So, all right, you guys can all put your hands down. Now, um, that was almost the entire room, right? Like almost the entire rooms, yes, like either yes, I am currently married, uh, I would like to be married in the future. Now let me ask another que- few questions, okay? No need to respond to these, okay? How many of you, okay, we talked about the, the we have a, we're either married or we have a goal to be married someday. How many of you have a goal to at some point uh, commit adultery in your current marriage, future marriage? Um, you know, again, you don't need to respond to this one. Uh, how many of you have a goal to become addicted to pornography? Okay, um, how many of you have a goal maybe to, to not maybe, maybe cross that line sexually, but you'd like to give your heart to someone, give away to someone who's not your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. You just want to have an emotional affair where your heart's with them, but you're not going to cross that line and you just want to do that. Anyone have a, have a goal for that? And so it's interesting, like none of us have that have that goal, I'm going to go on a limb and say, none of us have goals to commit adultery. None of us have goals to to get into pornography or or have emotional uh, affairs with other people. However, the statistics say that probably about half the people in this room will do one or more of all of those things. Okay? And so we have to take a hard look if what we want doesn't line up with what is, is likely 
we have to take a hard look and say, okay, well, how do I avoid that? And so when we, when we start this talk about staying pure, the very first thing I think that we wanted to talk about was, was the idea that, that why does it seem like there's more impurity in marriage relationships than ever. And, and this is not a, like a world versus church thing, right? Like all of you have, have seen or heard plenty of articles about, you know, the lead pastor, you know, had some kind of affairs, this or that. Like it's, it's across the board, right? We said one in five. And so why, why is it? And I think, I think we're going to point to a couple of things real quick just to get us started in the talk today. The first one is I think there's, there's more access and more opportunity for temptation than there, than there ever has been in, the, in, in before, right? Like, like you, you all have a smartphone in your pocket and on that smartphone, you can do a lot of great, wonderful God honoring things with it. And there's also access to stuff that you would never, ever want to see in your entire lifetime. There's access to all kinds of, of, of garbage and, and filth. And, and it's, it's so simple, so easy, so private that it doesn't have to be this thing where you have to get anybody else involved. Like, like at my age, when I was a, a kid, if you if you wanted to look at at, at at pornography, that involved going to a store and having an interaction with somebody at the counter and saying, "I'm going to buy this magazine. I'm going to rent this video." Okay, and that's all changed. There's more access than there ever has been before. Okay, and then and then another reason is that that our culture has just moved the moved the the definitions of what is and isn't immoral right and i'm i'm not here this message is not going to be about our culture and how bad it is you guys can all already have your opinions about that but the truth is that that things that that used to be considered wrong and immoral when it comes to relationships and sex, it's, it's no longer considered that way by the vast majority of people in our culture, you know? Like, like people who date today, who are in dating relationships, it is not uncommon at all. Actually, it is completely common, completely normal for unmarried people to do married people things, right? Like, oh, I, I love you. You're, you're wonderful. You're the greatest, you know? And so, you know, let's 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 take our, our relationship to the next level. Let's be intimate. Okay, let's let's have sex, and that's not even thought of as a thing or there, or one night stands, and 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 so here's the problem with that. Okay, um, when you pretend like you're married, when you haven't made that commitment. It, it is a spiritual connection. You know, the Bible talks about two people in marriage becoming one. And there is a spiritual connection in relationships and sex. When, when married people get, when unmarried people do married people things, oh, we're going to live together. We're going to try it out. This is the smart thing to do. Let's find out. All you're doing is cashing in on all the things that, that, are, that, that are reserved for marriage without the promise that we're going to fight this thing out for each other no matter what. And so you're basically training yourself for the breakup. Okay, we're going to do all the things that married people do without the commitment. And so you, you do that. And then when things get hard, it's like, okay, well, it's not how it used to be. We're going to move on. We're going to split up, whatever. And then you do that four or five times before you get to the person that you think, okay, well, now I really mean it. Now you really are my one and only and, and, and all that. Well, you've been preparing yourself all this time for breaking up. And so when the marriage gets hard, it's, it's not that far of a stretch to say, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do the same thing I've done time before, time before, time before. And the last one's this. I think in our culture, there's a growing sense of, of entitlement and focus on me first, okay? And we, and we cloak this in, in like... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? And, and, as it's almost a virtuous thing. You got to be true to yourself. You got to find your truth. You do you. I'll do me. It is in our culture. It is the worst possible thing in the world for me to deny myself anything. For me to deny myself would be to to not be true to myself and and, and to not do that. And there's there's an element of truth in that, right? Like we should be the people God created us to be. We shouldn't try to be somebody else. But in with that gets this idea. What's well, it's my right to meet my needs, my desires. And if you don't meet my needs and desires, well, then I'm completely justified going and finding it somewhere else, whether that be in, a, in a, an affair relationship, whether that be in, in what I look at for entertainment or, or pornography or an emotional thing. All of that is completely fine. I'm going to put my needs first because no one else is going to prioritize me. Everyone else is out for themselves, so I need to be out for myself as well. And let me just put in a side note till he references just a little bit already, but when we talk about this topic of staying pure, you alone are responsible with God's help for keeping yourself 
pure. That job's not on anybody else. It's not my wife's responsibility, and if she doesn't do it, well, then there's my hall pass. You know, she's not doing what she's supposed to do, so then that means I can go and do whatever. And same thing if the roles are reversed. If, if I'm not doing what she needs, that gives her a hall pass to do whatever. No, you alone, with God's help, are the only one who is responsible for keeping your life pure. It's not your spouse's responsibility. You can't put it on your childhood or your parents or what you've experienced because no matter how bad your story is, there are people out there who have a worse story than you and somehow they have learned to live in God's goodness and grace and live in a pure way. And so this morning we're gonna talk about two types of purity. Okay, first one is outward purity. It's our behavior, what people can see. And then the other one we're going to talk about is inward purity. It's our heart. It's our motivation. It's what we think. Okay? And so we said it was going to get uh, really real really fast. So we're going to start off by sharing part of our story. And so if you think about these ideas of inward and outward purity, by all outward appearances, for me, for John, like I had no problems staying pure. As far as everyone could tell, from the time I was, uh, I was, I was a young kid all the way through into and, and, and marriage, everything looked great. Like I was not going and, 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 and getting involved in, in, in watching shows or movies or things that, that, that had a, you know, bad content on it. I kept my outward behavior locked down. However, through that, when, when, I was, when I was in high school, I got exposed. Like, when I was in high school was right at the time when, when internet access was becoming a pretty standard thing in homes, okay? I mean, you still had, like, the boxy square computer things, right? No smartphones, stuff like that. But it was, it was there. It was no longer access. And so um, I got exposed and, and, and into pornography. And so, of course, I was super Super embarrassed by it. Uh, for those of you guys that, that, that don't know, my, my childhood, I grew up, my dad was the lead pastor of the church, okay? So like, and, and I'm, I'm in the youth group and I'm helping lead in the youth group and I'm on the youth group worship band. And isn't John just a wonderful, nice young man? And so I'm keeping all this stuff, stuff down. We're not letting this secret out. And of course, like I want, I'm praying and asking God and I feel horrible and I've got sorrow about it, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not bringing anyone else into this conversation. I'm not sharing my shortcoming, my fault with anybody. This is between me and God, and, and we've all done this, right? There are things that we struggle with in our lives, whether it's a, a purity issue or something else, and we say, okay, well, I don't need anyone else to help me. God, God is enough to help me. And that's, there's, there's a little bit of truth in that, but it's also a little bit of a lie and that the way God wants to help you is through other people. We'll get into that more. But because I never brought anybody else into the conversation because I never got anyone said, hey, I'm struggling with this. I, I've been praying about it. I've been repenting, but I, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not winning. I didn't get accountability. So this just kept going on and on. And so secretly, when Tilly and I got together and, and we got married, like, I'm, I'm certainly not going to bring this up with her. You know, I'm, I mean, to be fair, I, I brought it up as something that was in my rearview mirror. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like that was something I dealt with. But I, you know, I'm, I'm beyond that now. Okay. I, and, and so this was, this was a secret to her. And so I brought that sexual baggage into her marriage. And that's no different than whatever you or anyone else may have experienced, whether it was you've had relationships before and, and you're, you're, you're sexual in your dating relationships, or you had some kind of trauma or hurt or whatever in the past, whatever it is, we're bringing that baggage into our marriage relationship. And what we tell ourselves is I can either one, I'm just going to carry this baggage the rest of my life. I'm just never going to let it go, and I'm going to take this to my grave, and that was kind of my attitude. I'm just going to hold on to this until the day I die, and, you know, God's going to set me free of this eventually, but this is never going to become a public thing, okay? And so throughout the years of our, our marriage going up, up to this, you know, I had good seasons and bad seasons, seasons where I was doing great, and I'm like, yes, God has set me free from this. I've overcome. I'm moving on, whatever. And then seasons were like, man, what, what in the world? Why did I eat this? And, and then I'm feeling horrible and guilty, and I hate myself, and I'm like, I'm a hypocrite. And so this, this would go on and on, but the bottom line was, Long story short, I was not winning this battle with 
pornography, which leads us up to a time when we were at a, uh, a church conference. Uh, this was maybe... 2017. 2017, yeah. So I'll let Tilly pick the story up from there. So I'm just going to give a little bit of a backstory to all this, too. Growing up, I was a daddy's girl, huge daddy's girl. Uh, we grew up in church, and my dad was a Sunday school teacher, and in my eyes, he could do no wrong. My senior year of high school um, rocked our world when he had an affair on my mom and crushed me big time, crushed my mom, crushed her family. Um, and so when your trust is broken, it's broken, it's damaged. And so, um, to make my dad's story good, um, he repented, my parents stay together and, uh, he's a pastor now. So, but God, um, so going into our marriage, I did have trust issues towards men and trust issues um, with John that was not fair at the time because I put my past on him. Um, but as we were married for 17 years, I did put John on a pedestal. I thought, ooh, I have the guy that does not look at porn. And ooh, I have the guy when the Victoria's Secret commercial comes on, he closes his eyes or he gets up and walks out. Um, oh, I have a guy that no longer looks at pornography. And we would do counseling sessions with people on pornography. And I used to be, oh, I have the best guy in all the world. He just loves me and respects me. And a couple weeks ago, ladies, I had said, don't make your husband your hero because they will come back. Um, so anyways, John is up here at this time. We were at this conference and funny enough, it was, was a Holy Spirit or yeah. blow Holy Spirit or something. I don't know. And I was before going into this conference, kind of looking on Facebook and, um, a lingerie ad popped up in my Facebook and I'm like, well, that's weird. Why is that there? Just dismissed it, but it did kind of stay in my head. And so during uh, one of the worship service, the Holy Spirit is whispering in my ear, ask John about that ad. I'm like, you ask him. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, mm -mm, we're not doing it. So the first night, dismissed it. Second night, again, uh, during the worship service, it was kind of closing. The Holy Spirit's hit me again. Ask John about that ad. You need to ask him. And so I looked over at him. I'm like, I know this is probably not the right time or place, but if I don't ask you right now, I won't have the guts to do it later. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, this popped up in my news feed. Have you been looking at stuff? And instantly he says, no. And yep. I was like, okay, well, Holy Spirit was wrong, so let's move on. <laughs> but that night when we went to sleep, I mean, he's a snorer as is, but it was like the mountains were moving, him snoring, <laughs> I'm tossing and turning. And I said to him, like, I'm not going to the next session. Um, just come back and get me at lunchtime. And so. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I go to the, I go to the morning session and, and the whole content, this is like a conference, it's all pastors, right? So, so the, the main guy uh, is, is sharing and his entire talk is about, you can trust the Holy Spirit. And I still remember to this day, the way he, the way he phrased it, he said, the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you into the weeds. And he's saying, you know, like when you go where God tells you to go, when you follow his prompt, he's not going to take you off course. He's not going to lead you into a ditch. And so, you know, I'm like, the Holy Spirit's just hammering me the entire time, the entire time I'm sitting there. And so I'm like, okay, God, like you said, you're not going to lead me into the weeds. I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm going to trust you. And so I go back to the hotel you know, until he's getting ready and, and the, you know, get lunch and go to the next session. And so I, I stopped like, listen, I've got to, I've got to talk to you. I could confess. And so I, I tell her, I was like, you asked me yesterday. That was, that was spot on here's this. And of course that, that just opened Pandora's box. And then it's lots of questions and lots of, well, you know, okay, how long? And what about this? And, and we go through this, this whole, whole confession process, right? And, and if you guys were here for our, our last series about heart attacks, we talked about confession breaks the power of guilt. Okay. But in the short term, that's, that's not a fun process at all, as you can imagine. 
And so we're walking through all the, all the processing, all the fallout of this, right? Broken trust, her, her, her backstory with trust, and, and, and you know, this, this is a 17-year, you know, secret thing. And so, you know, we, we get uh, a mentor in with us who helps us walk through some spiritual healing. And, and, and to be quite honest with you, this process still unfolds today. Okay, there are moments and times where we have to have conversations and we have moments where, where we're, we're going back revisiting this, even though it's, it's years in the rearview mirror from the, the moment of the event, the confession, the, the consequences of that are still reverberating out, right? And so with, with all that, you know, one of the, one of the really great things that, that, that we've experienced since then is, is a new and, and different level of NMC and closeness. Like this, this did something in our marriage and in our relationship that, that we didn't even know that there was like a, a closer level. And, and let me just be, be like, I want to really set the expectations, okay? Over the course of months, <laughs> you know, we experienced this new greater level in our marriage, but we had to walk through a bunch of hurt and pain, and, and we still do today, okay? What's that? The heat. So oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 like the week after this, we're home from this conference, right? And so just, you know, just so you know, the, when, when you have moments like this where you confess, especially in, in, a, in a marriage relationship, you, there's a lot of, of conversation that has to happen. So we're like, we got to talk. So we're going on a walk. And it, it's in the summertime. It's like in July or August. And so we're walking, you know, and well, we're I walking was, far because we have a lot to talk about. Well, no, I was mad. So probably yeah. about a mile or two in is no talking because I'm just so mad at the moment. And I'm like, you're going walking with me. And it's like 100 degrees out. <laughs> During yeah. like midday, yeah. Yeah, so we finally like find a shady spot. And we're sitting on a curb. And we're like, God, we should have had this conversation somewhere indoors with air conditioning because we're like, we need to. Why don't our kids drive? We need one of them to come pick us up. But um, we still have this to say to say this. Okay, we walk through this. And in the end, God has done things yeah. that we just never could have imagined in our marriage. Like we thought our marriage was like five out of five stars before all this came out. And, and somehow God takes us and it's made our marriage even better. And so I want to share a scripture with you guys as, as, before we kind of get into the points of the message today. It says this in Isaiah 63 or 61 verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel... And let me just say, this is a promise given directly to the ancient uh, Israelites, but this is the bottom line. When we do what God tells us to do, this is what we can expect. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. And I like, I like reading verses like this. Yeah, let's, let's get to the good stuff, God. But to get to the good stuff, you have to go through the hard stuff. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And so as we, as we share the points for the, for the message today, we're going to be pointing back to our story. Because we thought it was really important that when we share about purity, that, that one, this is something that I believe every single person deals with. Like, I don't think anybody is immune from this. And, and for absolute fact, in the country we live in, where sexual impurity is, is touted as a, as a right and a virtue and is in every ad to some degree or another and access is unparalleled. And shoot, as far as our, our culture is concerned, like pornography can be just a, an innocent, no hurting anybody pastime that you can just enjoy. You know what? Enjoy it as a couple. That's healthy. Why don't you be sexually progressive? And in the culture we live in, this is something that everybody deals with. So we wanted to share what we've personally walked through so that you guys know we're talking to you from a place of experience. So the first kind of purity, outward purity, the behavior. And this is the only thing our culture even thinks counts, right? Like, like our culture has the attitude, and all of you guys have heard somebody say this at some point, right? Like, oh, it's fine to look, just don't touch. Which, you know, if you're a construction worker or whatever, they're, they're saying, no, it's fine for you to mentally undress someone who's walking by. As long as you don't cross the line and actually do anything, then you are a stand-up good guy. You're a moral person. That's not how it is. 
And we're going to look at that more. Or, or, or for girls, hey, it's, it's no big deal to talk and flirt, and you can just be as coy and cute and, and teasy as you want to be as long as you don't cross the line. And here's the problem with the line, the, the, the proverbial line that you cross. Everybody's, lying, everybody's got that line drawn in a different spot except for God. God's got that draw, line drawn in one spot, and it's the same for everybody. But everybody else has got a line drawn in a different spot. So what may be okay for someone else's estimation may not be for you. And so when we talk about our, 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 inward, our outward purity, staying pure requires, requires, let me say it again, staying pure requires setting up what Tilly and I like to call guardrails. And 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, run from sexual sin. Okay, that's not what our culture says. Our culture says, get as close to it as you can without getting burnt. Uh, the Bible says, run from it. Run from sexual sin. And then it goes on to say, you know, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? And then it says this, you do not belong to yourself. Okay, so if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, okay, you're off the hook on this. But if you claim Jesus as your Lord, guess what? You don't get to decide what's right for you and what's wrong for you. You're saying, I am going to follow what Jesus teaches. And so I don't belong to myself, meaning that I can't say, well, this is right for me, or I'm going to go out and if my needs are getting met in this relationship, I'm going to go find it somewhere else. Or if he's not giving me the attention I need, I'm going to go to the cute coworker and we're going to start having some flirty conversations and, and get emotional or whatever it is, because God has bought us with a high price. So what's a guardrail, you say? Okay, so if you think about a literal guardrail, right? The purpose of a guardrail is to be the boundary you hit before the really treacherous danger, right? Like if you're driving on a road that's got a steep drop off on one side, there's always a guardrail there, right? And the guardrail, you may hit that guardrail and it may scratch up the side of your car or bash in the quarter panel, but you know what's not going to happen? You're not going to fall to your death, that's the point of a guardrail. So when we talk about setting up guardrails in our relationships, guardrails for purity, and this is something you need whether you're in, in, in a marriage relationship or a dating relationship or no relationship at all, but you'd like to be someday, guardrails are what keep you pure. And so Tilly's going to share some of the guardrails we set up in our relationship to help us in this area. Yeah, so we probably did this at an early state in our marriage, and just over time, we've either tweaked it or added to it, and honestly, you guys might think, well, that's really stupid. That is being over the top. You know what? I don't care. <laughs> like, nope. if this protects my marriage and protects each of us, we are going to go to the extreme. Now, this also doesn't mean you guys have to do all of our guardrails. No, this is something you guys want to go home, talk about, pray about what's important to each other and come to a good agreement on yes or no for these guardrails. So one of our guardrails is we don't, sh uh, we don't watch shows or movies with nudity. Um, that might be a little extreme, but for somebody that has a pornography addiction, why? Y'all can fill in the blank. Um, but yeah, a lot of times, one good thing about the internet is a new show or new movie comes on, um, we hurry up and Google it. Is there nudity in this? And it is kind of funny because sometimes it's like, yes, there's nudity. And so I will read to see what it says. It's like a guy takes a shirt off. Wow. Okay. Some people have their guardrails at different places than we do. Yeah. I mean, if you have a problem with a guy taking a shirt off, then that's your guardrail. But um, to us, that's, it's okay. Um, so anyways, that is one of our guardrails. Another one is we do not let each other be alone with the opposite sex. This one we have to really protect each other on with being pastors. Um, it's very easy. And... Uh, more so for his side because women can come to him who are emotionally scarred, emotionally broken down, and John is a very nice guy, and she can take that the wrong way. And so we just protect each other. Even with my um, marriage coaching, um, he comes with me 
just because we have set that up. And when he yep. needs to meet with another woman, which it does happen, I sit in with it or he just says, hey, go talk to my wife. Um, but in general, we try not to be alone with the opposite sex because stuff can happen. Um, a lot of times we do not text the opposite sex. Um, we will either put each other in that text or, for instance, I have texted Mike about, hey, can you send me something? I say to him, hey, by the way, I sent Mike a text just to hold each other accountable, you know, but normally we do do a group text of the opposite because you know what? This world is crazy and people will text you gross stuff. So just protect yourself in that. And then lastly, um, since he did confess and stuff. Um, accountability is huge. Yep. And so we have put passcodes um, on our streaming services. Because let's be honest, him and I do not like the same stuff. I mean, football, we are all in all season and a little bit of basketball. But then when that's done, I like to watch my girly shows. And he likes war movies, which I don't get. But... Um, so we just put up a, a code that I have, and it just protects him from not staying up late watching stuff he shouldn't, or for our children, too. Yep. So those are some of our guardrails. And, and you may be thinking to yourself, isn't a lot of that inconvenient? And, and yes, it is, you know? Like, like for a while, we were watching a show on one of our, our streaming services that, that, that's a, a completely PG show, but you have to put in the code every time you get under her profile um, because that's the only profile that can, you know, watch stuff that's, that's beyond, like, you know, PG or whatever. And so it's like, okay, why don't we watch the show? I'm like, great, here's the remote. She's like, oh, okay, let me put in the code. And, and like, like, not being alone with the opposite sex. Here's the thing, like, when, when this happens, when I've bumped into this guardrail, it feels like I've done something wrong, even though there's not really anything wrong with it. It can be a completely innocent thing. Like, for example, there's a time uh, at the previous church we were, we were on staff at that I worked at, we were getting a, a conference room table from the furniture store, right? So I'd gotten one, and I needed the, the church bookkeeper to, to come pay for it, okay? And so we got in the car, we drove to the furniture store, paid for the table, went back. We rode in the same vehicle, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, I just, I just broke one of the guardrails. So I let Tilly know. And, and does it sound a little silly? Yes, but that's the point of a guardrail. So when you bump into it, something that actually has no problem at all. Oh, shoot. I accidentally texted Mike one-on-one -on -one because I needed to remind him that he's doing communion this week until he mentions it to me. Like, that's the kind of stuff. And you're like, well, isn't that all completely innocent? Yes, it is. But the guardrail's there so that when you bump into it, it keeps you far from real danger. Okay? So, like, we're not saying or suggesting that you text someone on the opposite sex one time and then the next thing you know, you're having an affair. <laughs> now, everyone knows it doesn't happen that way. But when you set a guardrail, up, you hit something that has minimal to no consequences so that you never get to a place that has consequences. And Ephesians 5.3 says it this way, but among you, followers of Jesus, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. This is why we choose to set up guardrails. And so every time I go to, to, to watch a show, if I've got time on my hands, or every time I, I, I've, I've got, you know, something comes across in my life, is there a hint of sexual immorality in this? If my answer is yes, if I have to hesitate and really think about my answer, then I want to stay far from it. You know, for example, on on all of my devices, on my phone, my iPad, my computer, my work computer, I've got software set up on that that, that sends a report of every single website I go to, good or bad. Every single, and it doesn't go to my wife, it goes to, to, to uh, my accountability, accountability partner, Mike. And so that means someone completely out of my, out of my control can see it all. If there's ever a question in the past, we can go back and look at it, and you can just see there's, there's all the websites, you know, wow, you're really researching, you know, whatever for a long time, or you really went down a rabbit hole training for your marathon or whatever. Like, you see it all, and you're like, well, John, like, isn't that a little, like, hard? Like, how do you, like, give up all that privacy? I don't want it. 
It's not worth it. If that sounds extreme to you, that's great. But you know what I get to enjoy from that? I get to enjoy the, the life that comes with having accountability. And that makes the decision and, and, and the, the effort to be accountable so much easier. And so when we're talking about things that have a hint of sexual morality, I'm going to let Tilly talk about some of the things that, that come across uh, for some of the ladies yeah, ladies, I know, I mean, there are issues of women having porn addictions, but they are a little less than men, and I get that. But sometimes, and hear me, I am not judging you at all. If it does not bother you, if your mind doesn't go to impure thoughts, fine. So, but I just using some of these as an example, um, so hear me, I'm not judging you, but... For women, we allow other things to come in that we put expectations on him. Like, for instance, Magic Mike. I didn't watch it, but I assume from the pitch or the show. Do I expect him to do that? Because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> or if it does happen, you would I will pee my tried. pants laughing so hard because dude is white, okay? He's white with dancing, but... I'm also way more squishy. <laughs> yes. I like you, squishy. But um, I, I say that because, on the other hand, you don't want your guy going to a strip club, right? Um, kind of the same thing. So check your heart when you're watching these things. Why am I watching this? To... Um, Okay, this I'm telling on myself because he's not the only bad person, okay? Um, after all this has happened, the show Bridgerton came out. And I, you know, on social media, everybody's like, oh, this is such a great show. You should watch it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. Holy wow. That was not holy at all. <laughs> but the spirit had convicted me at first to be like, really? You're going to watch that? And the bad side of me kicked in like, yeah. I'm going to because what he did was way worse. And if he hears that I'm watching this show that has lots of sex and nudity in it, it's his fault. He did it. So I'm going to enjoy it. And so I did tell him that I was watching it, but the spirit did come over me and it's like, really? You really want to do that to him? And no, I didn't. And honestly, it got a little gross too that I was like, Ugh. um, so, ladies, even though they hurt you in some area, it's not our job to come back and get even with them because that just makes it worse. But from shows to books, Fifty Shades of Grey, I did not read that. But that is a fantasy that is never going to come true. And if you are reading that and having this fantasy in your head and then you tend to put that on your spouse... That's not fair, and that's not of God. So, yep. Just and that that works both ways, right? I mean, that is that is the lie that that sex and movies and shows and in pornography in particular sells is that this is what it's supposed to be like, and nothing could be further from the truth. If you want to women read a fantasy novel, read Songs of Solomon. You may have to interpret some of it, but that does get a little gooey and gushy, and it's the Bible, so yep. just stick with that book. So... Outward purity. It's the stuff everybody can see. Now we're going to talk about inward purity, our hearts, okay? And put this, this verse up, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young person, or any person for that matter, stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, we talked about this in the last series, some with our heart, but your actions will lead your heart. If you say, okay, well, right now, John, like, I don't have any desire to change anything. Like, I enjoy my little, little pet sin or, or this thing, or, or I, I struggle or whatever. You start moving in the right direction. You start putting God's word and giving that greater voice in your life. It will change your heart. You change what you fill your life with and you change what you desire. And you've experienced this in other areas of your life. If you've ever gotten into some kind of, of, of hobby or, or pastime or whatever, right? Like, 
Like when I was young, I played lots of basketball. I don't play much basketball anymore, but, but I got into running. And so when I got into running, guess what I started doing? I started paying attention and filling my life with more stuff about how to run and do the blah, 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 and running shoes and all this stuff. And it, it changed my behavior, right? I used, to, I used to be the guy that would say, I'm never, why would I run? Like, I won't run if we're playing a game, but I'm not just going to run just to run. That's stupid. Well, this is the guy who did a half marathon, right, just yesterday. And so it changes, right? What you do leads your heart. And so when you put the, the Word of God, give that a, a greater voice in your heart, when you give uh, a time into things that build your life up, it will change you. But when we're talking about our heart, Jesus said it this way. And this, this, is, this is hard. He says this. Um, I've got the same verse written twice. All right, you just have to listen. Um, Matthew 5, 28 says this way. This is Jesus talking. He says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman or a man lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Which is basically Jesus saying this. Yeah, the world says, hey, look, but don't touch. And you are a stand-up guy, a stand-up gal. Jesus said, no, actually, the moment that you're looking at someone with lustful thoughts, thinking about what it would be like to do X, Y, and Z with him or her, Jesus says, you've already committed adultery. And there are, there are three responses to impurity in our lives that, that we can have. And we're gonna go over these real quick. The first one is defensiveness. So if you find yourself having a conversation about impurity and you find yourself getting defensive, that is a, a sure sign that you are, are having an issue there, that there's something to it. If, if it's like, hey, no, no, no. Well, what about, what about what you did last time? Or what about what happened over here? Or at least I'm not like so-and-so. Or, or when we get defensive, that's one reaction. That's, that's, that's a really common reaction in our culture and society. Don't tell me how to live. You know what? You want to have that standard. That's great for you. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what's right and wrong. We get defensive. Okay? A, another um, response uh, to impurity is remorse. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, I feel uh, terrible. I feel awful about about what what was happened, I, you know, I feel guilty, and this is where I lived for 17 years or more. Like, oh, I felt horrible all the time, but things didn't change. Okay, and the last one is this repentance. Now, a lot of times we think repentance means saying I'm sorry, but it's not. The word repentance literally means walking or living in a new direction. Okay, so like if if you were going to get in your car right now and say you wanted to drive to California, yet you got on I-70 East, in order to repent and go to California, you would need to get off of I-70 East and get going on I-70 West, right? That's what repentance looks like. Repentance isn't, oh man, I'm really sorry, but I'm just going to keep on driving down this road. It isn't, oh, oh sorry. It's, I'm going to live in a new direction. And 2 Corinthians seven ten says this, for the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But he goes on to say this, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance. In other words, you can, if, if you're experiencing the kind of grief and sorrow God wants you to have about your, your, your sin, your choices, it's going to lead you to live in a new direction. But worldly sorrow, it lacks repentance. It's just, I'm sorry right? And isn't that what our world does, whether it's in an in, in area of impurity or anything else? It's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And of course, sorry doesn't change anything. You have to live in a new direction. It says, worldly sorrow lacks repentance and it results in spiritual death. And so the, the, the last really big point we want to talk about, I'm going to let Tilly address this. Uh, staying pure requires what? Asking the question, is it worth it? So, if you want to go watch that movie or uh, that show, ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth that 10 minutes of this fantasy or seeing something to hurting your spouse? Is it worth it? Is it worth giving up on? Um, I know sometimes when we've done um, some coaching for marriages, it blows my mind when it comes to social media that if a spouse is like, okay, he's friends with this woman that I don't feel comfortable with, 
I would love for them to delete it. And so many of the other spouse keeps that person because it's that pride. It's that control of, well, I don't have a problem. I don't know why you have a problem. If it bothers that person, is it worth keeping that stupid friend per se? I mean, I don't mean to sound harsh, but it blows my mind at how many people are willing to hold on to something but not fight for your marriage. And in the end, does it really matter that you're friends with this person? And if so, what are you doing behind closed doors with that person? What is that DM that's sliding into your you know, message? So always ask that question, is it worth it? Is it worth giving up my marriage? Is it worth hurting him or hurting her? Is it worth breaking up our whole family so I can live in this fantasy that will never come true. Absolutely. And, and again, like I get, you thought, like John, tell you guys are a little out there. Like you're saying, you're like, I'm just not even going to watch this show that may have something bad in it because I'm thinking more shit. That's, that's how we've decided to live. And, and, and yes, like we will freely admit we are the weirdos in the world. Most people do not make these decisions and do not decide, well, I'm just not going to watch this, this show or movie that everyone's raving about because it mentions that it's got one scene. You know, can't you just skip past the scene? Yep, I could, but we're not going to because when you, when you consider what's at stake and every time you're faced with temptation in your life, that's what, that's what it's really about. Temptation wants you to act without considering what is at stake stake. But when you stop and consider what is at stake, it changes it. And, and that's, that's what putting up guardrails does. That's what's having accountability in your life sets up. And that's what asking the question, is it worth it? And so, you know, accountability is the best way to make sure that you ask that question, is it worth it? Okay. So for a long time, no accountability for me, right? And so anytime there was a moment of temptation, there was no big deal to, to, to give into it because it was all secret. And, and there was, you know, in my mind, there's not going to be any consequence of this because this is never, we're never going to let this out of, out of the bag. Now that I have accountability set up, I know immediately, okay, if I click on this link, if I click this ad, if I watch this show, I know for a fact it's going to flag and show up. And so it immediately asks the question, is it worth it? And I answer that question on autopilot now. No, not worth it. No, not worth it. No, not worth it. You know, there, there are some movies that have been really interesting to me that I wanted to see that, that were mostly action movies. And, and there's, a, there's maybe one scene. And I don't know how graphic or bad it is, but it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because when I think about it, this has the potential to cause serious harm to my relationship. And so it is not worth it. And, and if last scripture this morning is Ephesians 5.21. And this one, this, we quote the next verse a lot, but this one somehow we always skip over, especially guys in church. It says, and further submit to one another not guys just submit to the girls, not girls just submit to the guys, but submit to one another, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. In other words, the writer of Ephesians is saying, hey, listen, why don't you put her comfort above your own? If she's uncomfortable with that, then why don't you just skip it? If he's uncomfortable with that, why don't you just get rid of it? And you're like, well, I shouldn't have to. And he's like, why don't you submit to each other? Not because she deserves it, not because he deserves it, why don't you submit to each other because of what Christ has done for you? And so, if there's anything that we could say to you this morning, it's this. Take time to set up guardrails in your life. Take time to set up accountability in your life and train yourself to ask the question in all these situations, is it worth it? Whether you're already married have this conversation with your spouse. If you're in a dating relationship, have this conversation with, with, with your significant other. If you are not dating anybody, but you'd like to, begin to set up your guardrails now. Begin to set up your accountability now so that when you have that dating relationship, when you find that person that God has, has, has made you soulmates and a soul connection, you can come into it with a leg up on anybody and have your relationship start off in, on better terms. You know, we've been very fortunate to have a great dating, great marriage relationship. But you know what? It would have been even better had we had these things in place from day one. Would have been so much better. Saved so much heartache, so much grief. 
And so that's what we want for you. So I'm going to ask Eli to, to put on uh, some music, and we're just going to to close this with a, with a time of prayer. And 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 so well, I'm going to ask. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say one point that we had on here is like, yes, yeah, set up oh, yeah. your guardrails, have accountability. Don't ever make your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend your accountability partner because that's not fair. You know, John had said Mike is his accountability partner. Does it suck if something would flag up and Mike has to come and talk to me about it? Yes, but he values our friendship. He values our marriage that he's willing to do that. So find accountability partner that would do that for you. So don't ever make your spouse yeah. that. And accountability is so key. You know, it's been six years. Yep. Six years. And it's been six amazing years. Absolutely. And yes, we might sound like, well, this is all stupid and this is all too much and too control. No, I don't care because our marriage is beautiful and I wouldn't trade it in the world and nothing is worth it. Yep. So, so as we wrap up, I'm going to, I'm going to ask everyone to take a posture first. So I'm, I'm, this, this is going to sound a little church cliche, but I am going to ask everyone to do this. I would I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Okay. So, so if, if you would hear me, everyone bow your head, close your eyes. And so, um, we get that, that this whole idea of purity, um, has far reaching consequences. And so, what we wanted to do today was to close with some prayer time and we want to pray for, for God's healing from hurt because chances are most of us in this room have experienced some kind of hurt or scarring from things that have happened to us or things that, that we've done we're carrying around guilt or, 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 or shame or whatever, okay? And so, you know, is it going to take a process if you're married to, to, to walk through healing? Yes, of course it will. But we want to pray for you and want to pray that... that God's spirit we would allow in to change right now. So if you're if you're in this room this morning, I'm going to ask everyone to, to just be really considerate of this, heads bowed, eyes closed. But if you're here this morning, you're like, you know, I've got I've got a wound here. I need healing here or I need um, freedom here. I just want you to briefly, you know, look up and make eye contact with Taylor. We just want to pray with you specifically. Okay? Okay. All right. And after you've made eye contact with us, you can just bow your head back down, close your eyes. really appreciate all of you um, responding. And so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite Tilly to lead us in prayer for God's Spirit to do what only He can do to begin the process of healing and, and making new. Holy Spirit, you are just beautiful. And so amazing that you can just come in and touch and heal our lives yes. so god i just ask for healing i ask for ones that are broken ones that feel the shame ones that have scars that you just come in and you just touch and you heal and you make it beautiful yes. and I know this can take time with you, so I just ask that you just grab their hand and walk through this process with them. That when the enemy wants to attach to them and speak lies into them or speak stuff that is not of you, that you have the louder voice and whisper back into their ears, that's not of me, but this is of me. So I ask that you just fill us all up with love and that you fill us up with your truth. And then God too, if we need courage to step forward and say, I need help in this, I want help in this, God, that you will just give them that courage to do that. Because God, you do make everything beautiful. And in your eyes, Nothing is too big for you to help fix. So God, I ask from this day forward that marriages will take some tools home with them and discuss and be open to setting up the guardrails, setting up the question, is this worth it? 
God, I just ask blessing upon marriages, and I ask that hearts would be open to hear each other as they would walk through this. God, I just thank you for what you're going to do. God, I thank you for going ahead of us and leading the way. God, I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for blessing me with such a godly man. God, I just thank you for this opportunity to share our story for something that was so hurtful and so harmful and to show that you do make it beautiful and that your hand is on us. And we thank you for that. In your name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for being here today. I hope this has been helpful. I know this was a pretty heavy duty, um, uh, hard topic, but uh, we want to address it. We want to keep things real. And so um, we'd love to have you guys back next week. We're going to be wrapping up this series with the last week of, of Fighting Against the Odds, talking about never giving up. We'd love for you to be here for it. Um, God wants the best for you. So have an amazing rest of your week. We Hold love up. you guys. We're praying I'm for you. I'm just going to real quick, if there was something that um, hit hard and that you do want Pacific oh, yeah. Prayer for, you can go on the app and send us a message it only comes to John and I, like it's yep. not to everybody. So if there is something specifically you would want prayer for or you would want us to help you guys walk through, please always know that's open. Yep, just reach out, email us, uh, reply to the weekly text we send out. If you're not getting the weekly text, fill out a connection card, give us your phone number. We'd love to send you our, our videos each week just to say, hey, you know, be encouraged. So love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week.